Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sour and Sass. I'm very excited to be joined today by the VP of Marketing at Bonsai, Ashley Levesque. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, I'm glad to have you here. I think we got to get something out of the way, though, first. Why are you coming after my territory? I heard you run your own podcast. You coming after me? Listen, I'm, I'm, my world, okay? I'm on I'm episode, I think I'm on episode like 170 or something. Like babies had that oh, yeah, thing for a long time. Yeah. Okay, so I should be asking you for tips. Exactly right. <laughs> Seriously, though, like how do you like make your podcast like you not hate your podcast? Like, you know how like yeah. nobody ever talks about that part, but like how do you not hate your own show? Like what's your yeah. trick for that? That's real actually. And there was a point where I did, where I was like, mm. Uh, okay. So two things. One, I just started a new track so that instead of talking about marketing, I'm talking about like leadership and people and like yeah. more interesting problems that I think yeah, are questions now that you can think of in your prep, new totally. like, inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're learning yeah. new things to do that way. Yeah. 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 And I just, I, I get like real bored talking about just like marketing campaigns over and over. I just don't yeah. think that's super interesting. I don't know if everyone else thinks that's super interesting. Well, compared to me bored and disinterested, because I've got a lot of marketing questions for you. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I, what I like to say though, Ashley, because I do have, I want to get some tips from you. I like to say I've done more content for fewer people than anyone in the world. So how, how can I get more people to my shows? What's the trick here? So you want to get all your people you're trying to sell to on your show, right? So you have like your target list of like who you're trying to like get in with. Give away. And you want to you want to bring them on your show. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe that. I mean maybe that maybe might Bonsai be could be a great client for Directive one day. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying you're a SaaS yeah, company yeah, and a great vertical totally. that we have experience with. I'm not saying that. Right. right but right. so that's one area. But how do I get more viewers? Because that's the right viewer, and that's one mm. viewer. Yeah. How do I get like, I don't know, 100, 200, 300, 500 a show, 1,000 a show? I, I mean, I like the live aspect. I think that's kind of sexy and fun. And I think it like adds an element of like danger and like, ooh, like something weird could happen. And like, who knows? Yeah, I, I think that's great. I don't know why you're not getting, are you saying you're not getting like hundreds of viewers on this? We get like, so we get a lot of viewers when I advertise it. So I like push it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, then yeah, it, and, sure. it, and it, we hear about it a lot in our sales process. But you know how when you start a podcast, there's a little party that kind of wants some fame. Like no one ever wants to say that out loud or live, yeah. but you kind of like want someone to give a damn. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. Like you want people to care about that next show or that next guest. And I think we, we also know we can't make it our full-time job. So we're kind of mm -hmm. always stuck in this weird little world. That's what I'm wondering. Like how do you like get your views up is there any way you get your views up on your downloads and stuff like that? Or you look at it at all, or do you kind of just try to ignore it because it's depressing? Like I sort of ignore it. I looked at it a lot in the beginning. Yeah, I, <laughs> I looked at it a lot in the beginning. And when it comes to like validating that this is still a channel that makes sense, I'll look at it every once in a while to be like, am I, is this, why am I doing this? But I think, you know, I think our strategy is like, let's talk to the right people. Let's talk about some interesting stuff. Let's um, try to slice it up and use that content in more than just this, right? So that it kind of, the life of it can extend beyond the experience. And then I think it's like just an excuse to have a good conversation with somebody else. And not so much about like, like, I think it's cool. It's coming up in your sales process. But, oh, yeah. but like, you know, uh, for me, I'm like, I just want to meet interesting people. I want to like talk about other stuff and 
I don't know. Maybe that's not a good way of thinking about it. No, I think well, <laughs> I, I think about it kind of similarly. And I guess we're both not famous, so here we are. I guess that's <laughs> I guess we just answered the question, which is like, <laughs> we're doing it wrong, which is why it's not <laughs> At least I feel like, like this is fun, though, because, you know, a lot of times I interview people who don't interview people, if you get oh, what yeah. I mean. I know yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is dope. Now, I have some questions. So what have I like to do that hopefully is different is I like to go very hard at your strategy and just try to understand it. So – from everybody out there right now, I want to maybe lay the context of how I see it, right? You've created your own category of engagement marketing, which I think is dope, which we'll talk about in a second. But within that, let's just say you run event marketing software. I'm sorry to say that, but you're you're, you're in the category of event marketing software. We right? are. Yeah. yeah. So Hopin just got their butt kicked. I mean, they laid off more employees than you actually have. Mm-hmm. So that's the context of the industry. Mm-hmm. How are you positioning yourself and navigating that as the VP? Because- that is a weird, I'm sure, moment. It's a, I'm sure it has good characteristics to it too because you obviously, I'm sure, differentiated from them and you almost feel like it's validating. But at the same time, it's also devalidating to the broader market. So like, how are you navigating that as a leader? Yeah, so one of the things that I think marketers are struggling with, which first of all, it's one of the coolest parts of my job is being a marketer working at a marketing technology company that sells to marketers because I'm like uniquely invested in this real pain point and struggle because I've had it everywhere I've ever been. And to some extent, I still have it. So in real time, we're like modeling some of, you know, my department specifically is modeling some of this and trying to kind of like walk our talk a little bit internally as well. Um, So one of the things that I hear from marketers all the time that, that marketers are really struggling with isn't so much like, how do I put on a great event? That's, that was the COVID problem when two years ago, everyone was like, holy, we're now doing not in person, I guess. Okay, cool. And marketers were like, I don't have a strategy for this. I don't know how to do a webinar. I don't know what this means. I don't want to be on camera. Now it's like, okay, how do I get ROI out of these events? How do I drive these events to be something meaningful for my business? Yeah, if I, I have to do these events, how do I yeah. actually elevate them? And how do I, how are, how do they become not ancillary to my strategy, but like they are my strategy. And this is Mm -hmm. where engagement marketing came from is this idea that marketers have tons and tons of one way communication channels, right? They've got blogs, they've got everything we grew up on. I say grew up. This is what I'm all about. This bi-directional communication. We don't need more newsletters. We need communities. We need ways of actually interacting instead of talking at, right? And this is another reason why I love podcasting is because it's just another channel of like actually building a relationship and having a dialogue. That's what I think marketers are missing when it comes to the opportunity for events. And once they figure out that events are basically just experiences and for without getting too woo woo, they're like emotional experiences between people. Right. Then we can, we can talk about how that drives ROI in a more meaningful way. Ashley, you're speaking like my love language of marketing right now. Now this is sour and sass. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I'm a little nervous, but I'm ready. All right. I'm doing mine right now. (laughs) I like that it's giving me little like notes. Okay. I'm doing black cherry. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, the second one is exponentially worse. So buckle up. Now, okay. I literally believe marketing is entirely about psychology and emotion. So that's why I was yeah. so excited that you said that. Your website does a genuinely good job of being outcome oriented, emotionally invoking, 
and what I like to call shockingly memorable. So how'd you get that? Did you write that yourself? Did you hire a professional copywriter? Did someone from your team do it? Because I think people want good copy. They just literally don't pay for it. My perspective, but I'd love to hear what you think. If you can talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you for saying that. We actually just rebranded that site like four weeks ago. So this is like top of mind for me because we literally just did this. Yeah, I want the scroll to go faster on the hero below the fold, by the way, just as a note to you. Same, same. Because the scroll thing was dope, but then for some reason it it felt laggy and I'm hardwired. So I'm like, bro, what's going on here? Same, same. I actually really like the concept because it's a different, it did shock me to engage with your website because you forced the engagement into the website with the way it was dynamic, which I actually really liked. I just wanted to go faster, but I thought it was dope. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. So <clears throat> my team and I did write the copy internally. Wow. Okay, we cool. did that. Um, and then we had an awesome, like incredible designer and an incredible developer who kind of brought it all to life. But yeah, we wrote that ourselves. And again, it's like, hmm. it's just like marketers. Like we, I don't know. I, I don't but know. You did double is- headlines. You did stuff that was different, Ashley. Like yeah. you did double headlines on some of like the product pages. Like in yeah. your, you know, you, you know how we do like offsetting, like, two column layouts where we go left, yes. right. But then you did two headlines, which I actually thought was really cool. Like whose idea was that? Why'd you do it? It was my idea. And it's because I have Ooh. a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I was yeah. like, no, we just need more text. Like we just need, I have more Which is text. the opposite, right? All these people think no one reads anything. It's like, no, it's because your font sucks. The copy sucks. It's too small. And you don't even want to read it. Do you get it what I'm saying? Like sense. that's the yeah. actual issue. And oh. so many websites are doing the opposite of bonsai.io is you the website. Them. There you go. Bonsai.io. There we go, Shailene. Yeah. Everyone go look at it right now. And then, you know, you can also tell me how great it is if you'd like. Um, <laughs> the, it's everyone else's website. The reason everyone else's website sucks is because we're still focused. And this goes back to what we were just talking about. Yep. We're still focused on like distilling information at people that is about us right? It's like, here are our features. Here are the great things about our product and not enough about like you were saying outcomes and value. And like, once you flip that around, people are going to read what you put. Yeah, didn't you say something like want your next event not to suck? And I was like, yes, it was like pretty much like, I'm like, yes, that's like, like, that is the actual outcome people want from your software is to not have 85 registrants and two attendees and then feel like a ding dong when the boss asks how to go. 100%. 100%. Like, that is exactly what's occurring. That is exactly what's occurring. And then marketing loses their ability to feel like they're impacting the bottom line. And they are forever stuck in this um, narrative of all I do is generate leads and kick them over the fence. And I never know what happens. Oh, and they, yeah. they lose access to their budget because now they've just spent <clears throat> whatever they've spent on this event. And their CEO is going, okay, so that did nothing for us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scale back your budget 25% next year. So that you can just keep running emails or whatever. Oh, no. Stupid. We did an event. We got Ann Hanley. We paid her the bag mm. of money. We got Love some her. dope speakers. Two people in the last session. <laughs> so I feel this. Like I feel this. I know how hard self-hosted events are. I speak at like 30 conferences a year. I yeah. do two live shows a week. I love content. But it yeah. is so hard to build an audience. And I like, how do you, like, is that something you all are trying to solve this like audience? Cause it's not like people talk about promotion. People talk about re like distribution. They talk about chopping up your car. That's still different than building an audience. Yeah. So do you guys address that? Because to me, I don't know even how you solve that problem. That to me, 
is like really comes down to like the audience builder. You know what I'm saying? Like if you look at the new media, if you look at the new, like if you look at the way, like in my case, I like sports, like sports media. Let's say you have Barstool and you have ESPN. ESPN is a brand. Barstool is a collection of personalities and that's how they have an audience. Mm. Whether you agree with them or not is entirely different if you like to evaluate marketing. So like, but like that to me is such a clever concept of like, that's how they do it. Right. Each individual creator has it's full time is not their job. Isn't to create content. Their job is to build an audience and then sell ads to the audience. And I find that how they do it is very different than how B2B does it. Right. They're very like interpersonal. They might be funny. They might show their personality. So like, how do you think about audience building? Cause I think that's why events fail. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think you're right. I think one of the reasons events fail is because we're so focused on registration numbers that we don't care about like who is registered. We're just like, let's get as many registrants as possible. And the quality of those registrants is significantly lower than it should be. So one of our product sells for this by audience acquisition reach, um, which allows you to connect with new audiences. So it's not just about, let me like, share this promo with my connections on LinkedIn. It's about, I know the quality of my ICP. I know exactly who I want to target for this event because I have a target list or I've got whatever. This is who I want. Go invite them to my event. That's what Reach does. And then there's the community aspect, which is what you're talking about, which is okay, once we get them and we know that we want to engage with them and build relationships with them, how do we do that in a way that, again, isn't about us, but it's about them? How do we serve them? What does the, like, I don't know if they can show up to the event if they don't care about you before. That's right? what I'm finding. I'm finding it to be very hard to, because I think the premise, this is like my pushback on like your types of products I want to see in the industry, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Because this isn't like just a suck fest for bonsai, right? I want to actually get deep here around it. Like yeah. my issue with it is like, how do I get someone who doesn't give a damn about my brand to show up to my webinar? Because I think the fallacy of B2B marketers is like, if you come up with an engaging enough title or type of content, it'll work. For me, what's only worked is like if the host of the webinar is a big audience and they promote it. So once again, it goes back mm-hmm. to audience. You see what I'm saying? Like my best yeah. podcasts are the ones that have the biggest guests. Like it's not rocket science. They bring right. their audience. Theirs is bigger than mine. So like how yeah. do you get more webinar attendees if people don't care about you? Like that's it's my like, yeah. It's like the chicken and the egg thing, right? Because it you is, can't yeah. put on terrible content and expect your audience to grow. To care. Yes, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So I think I think you're right. And I also think there is some element to like quality content that's a part of this, right? Yeah. So for example, we see a lot of people running like product webinars as the first introduction webinar to a new audience. And like that's a terrible idea, right? Because to your point nobody they don't know who you are why are they going to come listen to you about your product that's again like focusing back there's on no screen you don't have your camera on you're no. talking into the void there's no chat it's literally like blow your brains out boring and it's not for those like, people yeah yeah it's not for those people so um thinking about stuff that really excites them or interests them like we've done stuff like um that doesn't have anything to do with our products we've done meditation on webinars before just like come hang out with us mm-hmm. for 10 minutes um, and meditate with us. And we're not going to put you in like a nurture campaign or anything weird. We're just going to, we're just working on building brand affinity. We want you to just- Kind of like these live shows, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what like I'm doing this for is just to have fun conversations in a way that's hopefully an engaging format. We could talk about things that other people don't talk about totally. on their shows. Totally. That's exactly totally. right. 
That's Are you exactly all right. for uh, candy number two? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching you just like okay. I'll, I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna I'll I'll push the pace. I'll I'll push for pace. Okay. I'm going to oh, oh great. The second one just ruins your day. Just yeah. Well, there's nothing good about the second one. Like no. the feeling. Let me walk you through some of what I'm experiencing right now. A feeling of rage just came up from like the bottom of my toes and swam all the way up to my eyes. Like pure rage. It's not cute. It's like I'm really mad. You know what I mean? I love that. <laughs> well, then let me ask you a good one. Um, Demio. Okay, one of the hardest parts about an acquisition is integrating it. You came from Demio. Mm -hmm. And now you're doing this two-menu idea. I haven't seen anyone do it. I think it's dope as hell. Mm. But when I click on, just so you know, when I click on Bonsai from Demio, I can't get to Bonsai as a note. What? Yeah, yeah. Dead serious. I know, I know. I, I told okay. you, I do my prep, okay? I appreciate so, this. But I thought the concept was amazing. I was just trying to get back to your website, and I couldn't. But that was after I wrote all my notes of how amazing yes. it was. So, <laughs> like, how, how are you all thinking about it? When are you going to integrate it? Are you going to move the content over? Are you not? Like... I'm actually like, I've got some signed LOI. Like I'm like in a process of doing this right now. And I've yeah. been like racking my brain. How do I want to integrate this company to directive? How, wh how, what did you do? Like, I want to hear about okay. There were two main things we were thinking about. One, Demio is primarily a self-serve product. And okay. so the revenue impact of moving their website immediately after acquisition is significant. Yeah, because Bondi does demo, no pricing available. Totally, like, disconnect totally. from that. Um, the other big thing that we thought about was like Demio actually had a bigger awareness in the market than Bonsai did during the acquisition. So by we wanted to create the connection between Bonsai and the parent company without getting rid of Demio's brand entirely because we would lose everything that they had created. So they were actually a bigger brand than you all, but you all yep. had the capital or the whatever to bring them in. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the plan is long term, we are going to move it over. Yeah, of course. But first we have to do like a better, deeper understanding of what that'll mean, which we have. Yeah, to why have. rush, right? At the same yeah. time, it's like, why rush? Because you've integrated your other menu into it, which I thought was brilliant. So it's kind of still obvious that it's within, especially if you click on it. Because I was going through your products and stuff and I was getting to it. Yeah. And by the way, I think it's your products. Is, is it, what's the name of your product thing where you have Demio, your three right there? The product page? Demio. Well, like the menu, in the menu, is it solutions or products? What do you call that? Like that I think we call it products, yeah. I think you might want to look at that. Okay. Because the rest of the website, I feel like, stands out compared to that. I got a little lost trying to understand your story because you still don't have a platform mm -hmm. page. Because So you have the three products, but I didn't feel like you were able to connect all three to me, which yeah. I think would be really big on your average order value. Because Exactly right. I don't know. That was just my head. Side note. No, nope. right. that's yeah. – yep, you're right on. I've been, cause I've been trying to do this. We have a lot of clients that are really large, like the hardest part in SaaS marketing, undoubtedly. And this is, this is not like a knock on you. Like literally I, I'm, nobody does it <laughs> is platforms. Like when you have three products, how do you tell the story of each integrated? It's like yeah. way harder than anyone fully grasps, especially if you do it via acquisition. Like it is okay. so like the hardest thing in the game. Undoubtedly. Stay tuned. And come back to bonsai.io on April 1st. Hell yes. Okay. Write it down, Write friends. Down. You heard it here <laughs> first. Yes. Okay. April 1st. Now, you have a ton of charisma, ton of talent. You got the it factor. What I want to know 
is how did you go from manager to director to VP in one year? Ooh, okay. You actually did. Literally in one yeah. year, you were like, COVID's going to change my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, I, it looks like you turned a negative into a positive in record time. I'm sure yeah. from an interpersonal, like, I don't know what happened, but as a guy who does interviews all day, every day, I'm sure something happened in that robotics company. And then next thing you go to Demio and next thing you know, you're here at Bonsai and you're a VP. Break that down for me. Yeah. And a couple of years before that, I was actually an executive assistant. So I did executive assistant to VP in yes. five years. Go off, Ashley. Yes. All right. Let's go. So break it down for me. What, what was the thing? Because there's a lot of people that are going to watch this that are in a similar spot. They're a manager. They're assistant. Yeah. They have big dreams, but they feel stuck. My, my go-to that I always do and I still do it is I always say yes, even if I don't know how to do the thing being asked. I say yes first. I figure out how to do it later. Always. That, that's always. That's when I was an EA and my CEO was like, we need to build a marketing department. Are you interested? And I was like, I have no, I don't even know what marketing is, but I was like, yes. Yes. And then I'm like Googling. Yeah, Literally. How to build a marketing department. I'm yeah. like, how to do marketing. Literally. Well, you joined the peak, right? You joined Pavilion. You got yourself involved yep. in communities. You built a support group around yourself. I, yep. That same character trait is the same as like, you know, the people that were with me six years ago that were doing this job and then are now in charge of a hundred people plus. Mm -hmm. They said yes along yep. the way. They just, they were like, I'm okay shedding my skin as a professional so that I can grow, right? Like, Snakes shed their skin because they grow. Like professionals have to shed their skin and say yes to things if they want to grow. It doesn't That's work exactly right. Way. That's exactly right. And you have to be okay feeling uncomfortable. You have to be chill, um, not being great at everything that you're about to do and risking whatever that feels like for you, right? The inadequacy or the incompetence or whatever. And then, um, man, it's still sour. Oh, yeah. No, it's bad. It's and then, um, and then you just got to keep, you just got to, and you got to surround yourself with awesome people so that you don't do it in a silo so that you're not constantly like just creating your own debt. You know what I mean? When you think like, about people, then, let's, let's break that down though. Cause when you think about people and you're surrounding yourself with them, mm. and by the way, don't drink coffee. It's like orange juice and toothpaste. But so when you're, I know it, I literally have my coffee that I like, it happens every time. So I try to drink as much as I can before you'll, you'll learn. Now. So when you think about people and you're building yeah. your team, do you surround yourself with people who complement your strengths or people who make up for your weaknesses? How do you like to think about that? Make like, up my weaknesses. Okay. So you're, if you're going to bring maybe the high energy and all this stuff, I would imagine as a similar personality type, you might want someone who's overly analytical because that might not be what you're going to get off to. Or you might want like you kind of partner those people with you in very specific areas to, to elevate as a group. Is that a fair way of looking at it? Yes. Okay. Usually yes. <clears throat> Now, I do have a problem with your website. Give it to me. That chatbot thing. Did we just buy the drift hype because everybody's doing it? Like, does that thing actually outperform? Have we tested it? I, like, tell me, please. Does the chatbot work better? Because I wanted that demo. And I'm like, she makes all her money right here on this page. Like, this like this is a really, like, it's a ballsy move. Like, she's got a chatbot. I can't fill out the form. She bought into it. Does it work? Break it down for me. I just got two leads from it today. Within so between eight and noon, it's twelve thirty here. I already have two leads come in, one for one product, one for another. I don't know if it's going to work yet. We we just did it when we did okay, the we just did it. So we, this is part of the the new launch. This is I'm part like, of the testing. Nobody's doing it. You have a lot of things on your website that are totally innovative. That's yeah. why I'm like, that's why I'm so excited for this because 
I like to think I have original thoughts. I was like, Ashley has original thoughts. And well, that's what I think to me is very like, it's critical to have original thoughts. If you want to have above average results, you, you gotta, as everybody you else. can't do the same thing. And ex- you do the same thing. You're going to have the same results that you've always had. You got to play and test. And honestly, like the market is open to that. Like they, we, we just went through two of the craziest years of adaptation. Like let's give people some more credit. You know what I mean? Like try something crazy and people will respond to it. But I wanted to get rid of those book of demo forms because you, oh, and I got rid of the contact us form because also I, you. I love it. I love it. You're just totally challenging and pushing a narrative. And the reason that's exciting to me is because I don't think you can ever get to that next level if you don't break away from what the status quo is, if that makes sense. Exactly now, right. Within that, one of, I guess my questions is, is like, I'm like, so I have two kind of points here. Number one, I agree with your premise. My whole premise of growing directive. So like we spend millions of dollars on our own marketing as a professional services firm, which is weird. Like mm-hmm. I call it R&D. It's like, if yeah. I'm going to sell you something, I want to know if it works first as a consultant. Yes. Okay. Now my premise is marketers hire directive or enjoy directive because they're jealous of our marketing. That's why I try yes. to come up with these concepts. That's why yes. I do sour and fast these things. I want them to go, oh, I wish I had something like that instead of my boring webinar, right? And yes. so I think your concept of doing different websites, having bold copy, doing different forms appeals to your ICP differently. And this is what I was actually talking to my wife about last night is marketers are like car guys. And here's what, here's what I mean by that. Okay. If you're a car guy or any type of hobby, whatever it is, like me, I played soccer and I tried to go pro and I can tell if someone's good at soccer the second they step on a field, their body language, how they walk, what they're wearing, the way they talk. They don't have to touch a ball and I can be like, that dude is a pro in like a millisecond. Car guys, same thing. You can see a car guy from a mile away. Their cars look different. They talk about them different. They're just like their own little nerds for whatever it is, right? Yes. Whether you're a sports nerd, you can tell someone's a gambler, right? In like two seconds, they're watching like some NIT game on a Tuesday night and they care way too much. They didn't go to either of the schools, right? Yeah. Marketers are the same. And I don't think we actually think about that ever and give each other credit. I think marketers like real recognize real. Like yes. if you're selling marketers and they see you and they like your marketing, there all of a sudden becomes this affinity. What do you think about that? Do you agree? Like to me, that's my whole premise of how I do it. That's absolutely right. And when I when we did our rebrand uh, four or five weeks ago, I had three goals of doing the rebrand. And this, these are the same goals I gave to the developer, the designer, and my team when we were writing copy. Goal one was to create a stronger connection between Demio and Bonsai. I wanted people to think of these two companies as one is the same. Demio is no longer a company, they're a product. I wanted to make that clear and enfold them in kind of this new hierarchy. The second one was I wanted our mission to show up in our brand. Our mission is about making marketing more human. And I was like, I wanna see it in the colors, in the fonts, on the images, on the site. I wanna see it in the copy. And the third one was I wanna build a brand that marketers are awed by because then it's this, it's the exact same it's the exact same thing like we need to walk our talk a little bit we're talking to marketers about engagement marketing i want us doing this internally as well you did it i got to say uh, that third point i think is the one that you really crushed like the welcome to the movement like the way you did that copy to introduce that concept was so much more clever than even the way i've done it with customer generation because you didn't just build a landing page for your category, you built a resource center for your category. 
And I, I think that's a much healthier way of doing it than I've done it or most do it. And you didn't do it in this like B2B annoyingly cut and dry, like it's the category because we say it. You did it more like this is a category you should want to be a part of, mm-hmm. which I think was like quite clever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was good. What was your thought process on that? Like category creation, you all put a lot more effort than most do, I think, into it for how big you are. And I don't mean that like a bad way, but you are, you all are, are at that point, but you're acting like you are, which is like what I freaking love. So like, mm-hmm. how, how did you go about like deciding to do it? Like, what's your thoughts on categories? Yeah. So we, we wanted to really think about when we, we started with the idea of a community, but what, what we meant by the idea of a community is not so much like a group of people that can converse with one another. Yeah, not, not so much a Slack group, but like a different version of that. But like a revolution, Right. Like like a community that like is inspired to move, to like change the script on the way we think about marketing. And so the the name, the movement came from that. And then those resources that you mentioned are designed to be, again, to your point, outcome based. These are things that marketers are already thinking about and are are just wondering how to do it. Right. These are the, the people that find themselves on that page are the people who are already like, I'm so tired of marketing the way that I'm marketing. I just don't know how to do something better. I don't know how to get buy-in to do something different or budget or whatever. And so we wanted to create kind of a, we have like four tenants of our brand. And one of the tenants of our brand, the way we want to make people feel is brave. We wanted to give them a spot where Mm -hmm. they felt like they could be brave to kind of dip their toes into something different. That was the whole I think you are evoking that emotion, that emotion of like, they're like you, like, we like the way I like to tell people is like when I'm like coaching or helping them is like the person, the individual I see is has more potential than the person you see in the mirror. And I think that's that same, like that's what you're like showing the marketer is a reflection of how much more they could be and how much you believe in them. And all they have to do is say yes. Right. Yes. All you have to do is say yes. And we're going to pull you along. And Mm -hmm. then me, I just thought that was terrific. But Ashley, this has been amazing. Hey! If anyone wants to follow along with your journey, follow Bonsai, dive deeper. What's the best way for them to do it? Oh my gosh. All right. So I'm on LinkedIn. You have to come find me on LinkedIn so we can hang out. Thank you. LinkedIn. Yeah. Ashley Levesque. Come to the website, bonsai.io. Tell me all the things that Garrett missed about all the amazing things that you love. And if you want to share like some feedback that you can send that to. Um, <laughs> thank you for having me. It was so fun to talk to you. I appreciate it. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. And that, everybody, is Sour and Sass. Bye, everybody.